Woohoo! It is podcasting day, and I am so excited to be here today. Uh, I might say that a lot, but um, I took a I took a break last week, kind of unintentionally. It was quite literally um, that I ran out of time, and I had a topic that I really wanted to to discuss and um, cover. So I'm really, I am, I really, <laughs> let me reset. I really am excited to be here because I wasn't here last week, basically. So hi, everybody, for the 26 second intro without even an introduction, official introduction. This is Rachel Vote, <laughs> And uh, I am so excited that you are here. This is a Good Girls Guide 2 podcast. Uh, and um, generally, we have a co-host, Miss Jess McGovern, Miss Anderson McGovern, however she wants to be referenced by. We, at the podcast, we like to call her Jess Anderson McGovern because if you look for a boudoir photographer, you're going to find her with her business information at Jess or photos with Anderson, photos with Anderson and uh, our photos with Anderson. So make sure you're going to check her out. Uh, her little sweet baby is growing like, um, I was going to say a weed, but that isn't really a fair comparison for an adorable baby, right? So uh, she's having uh, her maternity leave is basically where I was going with that. And I put on lip gloss and putting it on totally not right. So make sure you're following Jess on Facebook and on Instagram. Okay. And if you're having a good time with the Good Girls Guide podcast, make sure that you're following me over on uh, the Book of Face. You can find me actually at a Good Girls Guide too these days. And as well uh, on the Ticket Talk and Instagram at the exact same handle. So make sure you're following for free content. Uh, and, and TikTok's really not much of content. That's like a subset of Rachel so have fun with that one anyway and if you are 18 years or older and a feminine energy and you're looking for a place to hang out for intimacy wellness and our uh, intimacy sexual wellness and intimacy building I never get it right you know that's okay it's my show I can do what I want right anyway you have to be of those calibers uh, for this amazing group that just keeps on growing. It just keeps on um, building itself uh, and it's cultivated. I feel like I feel like I'm the hoe in the garden and you guys are all the beautiful dirt. Okay, we're just like stirring each other up and sometimes some of you come around with the big old sunshine and some of you plant some seeds and some of you water it. Okay, it's a phenomenal group, y'all. Uh, yes, the core of it is about intimacy and sexual wellness, but there's a lot more conversation happening over there. And if you want to find out how you can actually get paid to masturbate, okay, if you are in the Lincoln area, you have to go over that page. Actually, you don't just go to my page. Just go follow the Wish Lab over on Facebook for sure because I, I give them a shout out. They're amazing. So anyway, um, that, I think that's it. Empowerment classes are coming up in one-to-one session, sessions. If you're feeling like you're vibing with me and you would like to do some focus on your mental and physical well-being, your spirituality, your passion, your wealth, and or your relationships, then make sure to hit me up. Uh, those have just been going so swimmingly it's one of my favorite things to do to say the least so that's it okay now content for today this is a this is a really good one I feel like super jazzed about uh as some of you know like I only really make one tangible goal right now because I'm a terrible goal setter so I'm really kind of baby baby stepping my way into feeling comfortable about making goals (laughs) um and so quantifiable results are very difficult for me I don't like to put numbers on things um I either will very vividly self-sabotage by just like not even working towards the goal at all or um I feel miserable, I guess, if I don't hit. I don't know. So anyways, my point is is that the only goal in my life that I currently put an actual number to, and this is terrible because it's not even income related, it's how many books I read a week. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. So, um, on average, I read a book a week. Uh, last year, I smashed my goal. Um, I think I read 74 or something like that. And and, I, and to be fair, when I say read, I listen to them um, because I'm a mom with a couple businesses. And I also drive quite a bit for one of my primary businesses. So, it's really nice to, you know, do something productive. My point being is that I, I digest a lot of information. And if you find that you are somebody who may have ADHD, okay, then you might be in this boat as well. And I would also venture to say, in my opinion, like just humans in general do this. We like to digest and we like to digest and we like to digest, but we don't like to pull the action trigger. So it's so much easier when you find yourself in personal development to read all the self-help books, listen to all the podcasts and wonder why things aren't changing. Like mentally, you're you're getting yourself closer to like, I want to feel that way. I want to feel that way. I want to feel that way. But like nothing's changing and you're like but I see other people are doing it I see that everybody's telling me I have the capacity to do it so why isn't it happening this is very common I think for humans in general so you know that's kind of what I want to discuss is like so you know when I say that I read a book a week it's not like it's not don't be like wow that's super impressive because the books I'm reading I really should probably be like taking notes with or downloading the PDFs for because all of it has work they all have work that you could be doing to further expedite whatever the book's trying to teach you to do uh or whatever okay so uh, anyhow the last couple of podcasts uh we were talking about some spoiler alerts so things that you'll find in personal development that seem to be kind of the same across the board for people who are successful and this is both in personal as well as professional development and definitely within the spiritual realm okay they they all it all translates to each other okay so that was like a, a series i just wrapped up it was a four-part series i highly recommend going to check it out because um when i was feeling guilty about not doing the podcast last week it was funny because when i was outside playing with my children over the weekend, the weather was amazing, and I found a feather. And it hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, I just talked about this in a podcast about the basics of manifesting. And then I was like, I don't even know what podcast it was. I think it was the last podcast. Anyways, it was like, oh, it turned out to be the last podcast I did. The last podcast because I took a break. So anyway, um, go check all those out. It's just, it's amazing how they sequentially work together. If you're somebody who is looking for some really, I would say, entry level action steps like if you're fearful of doing any action steps if you don't have any confidence if you don't even know where to start those first four will uh, for, or not first four these last four podcasts I did in this series will really kind of lay the foundation for you to take some baby steps without having to be fearful because there's nothing to lose basically okay uh, and that's what really helped me you know because like when I think about manifesting and when I think about goal setting when I think about changing your life I think for a lot of people you might think of it as, on a large massive scale you're thinking like you know make a bunch of more money in your job or get a promotion or meet the person of your dreams and have a baby next year like those are the types of things we tend to think about but the proof is in the pudding when it comes to change and it's all about baby steps and we talk about that all the time but I think the thing we don't expand upon is that it's the confidence that you gain in the little successes that will ultimately build you to the bigger things okay so this week, what I wanted to talk about was hopefully finding some relief in your future. Okay, so let's back it up for a second. One of the largest things I suffered from myself and what I see so frequently within coaching clients, especially women, is your brain is in overdrive, okay? Because if we look at I mean, you don't have to believe in evolution. You know, this is not the conversation about evolution, but it is a fact that we have changed as humans, right? I mean, we know that there used to be cave people, you know, cavemen, however you want to describe it. And then we transitioned into homo sapiens. And, you know, we 
And now here, here we are today, okay? My point is is that uh, there is proof, like if you go to the Google, you can take a search, like human IQs have steadily been on the, the rise as a as the world population. So it's not it's not woo-hooey to think that evolution's not real. It, it, you might not believe on it in even certain levels, but when it comes to human psychology and human intelligence, it's it if you consider things to be fact. It's a fact that people have been getting smarter, okay? So the reason I say that is because you know, as we progress, as we evolve, right, we tend to, I don't know what we tend to do. I forgot what I was going to say about that. That's literally the the largest ADHD squirrel moment I've ever had in the history of the podcast. But welcome to the show because that's how it rolls. So uh, how I roll, I, I should say, I suppose. Okay. So the human brain, where we've evolved to is we come from a primal brain. I think I finally figured it out. Okay. So primal brain, as we know, it used to only only really serve its function to help us survive. And back in the day when we only needed to have shelter and eat food and run away from predators to survive, that's what our brain's foundation started as, right? And so where it's evolved today because we don't have those immediate threats is that part of our brain is still active. It has to be because we have to survive. We have to learn how to survive even though we have efficiencies, including tribes of people who teach us how to survive, that still is there in us, okay? Now, as modern day brain the way that that works is that in any given moment, so wherever you are, if you're listening to this while you're driving, thank you, hi, okay, if you're at home with your earbuds in, okay, hello, if you are paying attention, you know, you've got me in the background at work, hello, you, whatever it is, right, that's your present moment. My present moment is sitting at my desk with this microphone doing this podcast, right? It's the present moment, okay? Now, this is a great example because I just squirreled, right, and I'm like, what happened in my brain? Okay, so my present moment when my brain squirreled, what happened is that the past memory, okay, one section of my brain went to everything that's ever happened that's remotely close to this moment before. So filming a podcast, being in my office, being a woman, fludging up my thoughts, all of those things are past the past memories that would correlate to this current moment to help my brain translate what's happening so that I can then choose how to react in this moment for my future. I hope that makes sense, okay? If it didn't, just beep, beep, back it up and listen to it again, right? Because my brain needs to decide what's happening in this moment. So its efficiency is to pull from all my past memories so that I can quickly decide what do I do next. So a million options could be happening. That's what happens, right? Like when you're projecting your future, then you can think about what what's the next thing? When I fludge my thoughts in this ADHD moment, what could happen? Well, I could pause my podcast and collect my thoughts like I did. Okay, <laughs> or I could spiral out of control, stop the podcast, delete it, go into like you know um, this this nitpicking mode about myself. As how, why do you even have a podcast? Well, nobody listens to this podcast. Like, what are you? Who do you think you are? Because you can't keep your thoughts straight. It could. Uh, I could have restarted the podcast, whatever, okay? So my point is more so that this is how your brain functions. In this present moment, we pull from our past to project into our future. We, in this present moment, project from our, I'm sorry, pull from our past to project to the future. In this present moment, our past brain helps us decide who to be in this present moment to propel us into our future, okay? Now, the reason why anxiety exists is because we don't have just a couple of things that we need to think about anymore. It's not just survival in terms of, eating food and shelter and running away from predators like it used to be, right? It's because those 
quote unquote basic needs are filled, which they might not be, by the way, right? You might struggle to pay bills. You might struggle to put food on the table. And that's another conversation. But in addition to all those things, you have, you know, um, additional relationships you need to maintain. You have your own personal health that you're more aware of than we would have been back in the day. You've got the personal economy. You've got politics. You've got religion. You've got volunteering. You've got, I mean, everything, everything that happens to you in your day is a part of this now. So when you add in not just surviving from shelter, food, and um, eating, I guess, is what I, uh, that's the same thing. You know, whatever I said earlier, okay? You add in your current human conditions, right? How many things does your brain have to pull to from your past to project in your potential future now? You're not just thinking about one of those three things. You're thinking about all of those things happening in your day. So not only are you exhausted because your mental capacity is being exerted on all of the energy consumption of what will I do? What will I do? What will I do in each of those situations or each of those roles, however you want to think about it, right? It's also anxiety producing because not only is it, do I have enough time to do these, is that the right decision? Blah, 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 blah. And when we beat, beat back it up from even that conversation is thinking about how many choices that we have. We think that having choices is a good thing. Having great choices is, is a great option for variety, but think about Netflix. When you sit down, and you don't know what you want to watch, how many of you have scrolled through the preview so long that you decided to give up or you went back to something that you've already watched 15 million times or why did we do that anyway, right? Because too many options is too much. A confused mind says no, right? And it, it's amazing that we have this opportunity to, I mean, if you're talking about Netflix, to see other people's stories and so on and so forth. But when you look at how many options do you have for food? How many options do you have for clothing? How many options do you have uh, for buying your makeup? How many options do you have for any anything, right? This is why it's exhausting and this is why we have anxiety. And this is why we question why we question being able to make a decision is where I wanted to say, okay? So if you can resonate with any of those things that I just said and even stuck with me through the squirrel moment, then then get ready because I really feel like today's conversation is going to be helpful, okay? Now, what I want to talk about is, um, you know, part of this, this mental brain, whatever you want to say of where we're at today, okay? Now... From people that I speak with, now I, I think that it's kind of clear, but just to make sure if it's not, my general demographic of women tends to be pretty strong suited between, I'd say, tw- 25 to 50. Uh, there's definitely women who are younger who are attracted to, to, to me and my story. There's women who are older than that, too, that also are. But that tends to be my demographic, which makes sense because more than likely you're probably, you know, attracting your brand because it's how you can relate to people, right? So... My demographic tends to be women who are overwhelmed, who do feel emotional, who sometimes feel out of place, meaning like maybe their skill set's not being utilized and they're feeling, um, you know, energetically low and they're not contributing and they don't have growth and contribution in their life, something along those, those effects. But it's not just women, it's definitely humans, but it is also an age range and it's a population. So, you know, um, what I want to talk about is the general group consciousness of what might be affecting you on your everyday and where it's going to be going here soon. So let me let me explain, right? So if you are a millennial, again, you're probably in my age range, you're probably listening to this, okay? Millennials um, tend to feel overwhelmed. We feel exhausted. We feel the burnout of working a 40-hour job for a potential employer that we might not like. And we don't really understand why, you know, we... Um, are supposed to stay at a job for 40 years and how are we supposed to know what that job is that will keep a, keep our attention for that long and so on and so forth, right? And we feel like we're struggle busing because it's not the mentality of the world, right? Like the expectation is to go to a job for five days a week, 40 plus hours. And we're not even, I mean, let's not, let's not even compare like 
the American work schedule versus most of the rest of the world. But that, that's another conversation for another day because we have to deal internally with our situation here first. And that's part of it, right? Is it our group consciousness, our collective consciousness of the United States, okay? That is the fancy spiritual word for comparing our culture, basically. The things that we accept, the things that we deem quote unquote normal, that's culture, right? But when you look at it on a spiritual aspect, it's called group consciousness. So we are all fluctuating in different thoughts and values, of course, about religion and politics and income and so on and so forth. But collectively, there's a lot of things that we agree upon. It's why we are the United States. It's why we are a community, right? So, you know, I can't speak to the rest of the world in terms of generations because I don't live in the rest of the world. So here's what I want to talk about, right? Now, there is a group of people that are called the baby boomers, all right? You were probably familiar with this, but let me let me give you some statistics because it's really important and interesting. Baby boomers are people who would uh, be born in 1946 to 1964. So their age ranges will be 57 to 75, all right? Now, here's what's interesting about baby boomers, y'all. There is 69 million baby boomers in the world, okay? And this was like as of 2019, okay? As millennials, so the age range that we're kind of talking about right here, 1981 to 1996, if that's what you were born, so you'd be in the age range of uh, 25 to 40, okay? 25 to 40 are millennials, 1981 to 1996. Now, there are 72 million of us, 72 million millennials versus, I don't want to say versus, comparatively to 69 million baby boomers, Okay, now listen, we totally skipped a whole generation in there. So the reason I wanted to just talk about this though is because those two generations, the baby boomers and the millennials, are the majority of the population on planet Earth. Well, I don't like to say on planet Earth, at least in the United States right now. Okay, the reason that's important is because it's easy to say, like if you had a lot of blue and you had a lot of red and you had a little yellow, if you're blending things together, you're going to have majority of thoughts and values and beliefs because there's a greater number of that population. Yes or yes, right? Now, this again, this conversation is also very generalized, okay? Because it's not to say that all millennials think the same. It's not that baby boomers all think the same. This again, it'd be like a majority of what was accepted as their culture beliefs and so on and so forth at the time that they were growing up and being programmed, all right? Now, baby boomers do come from a different age, of course, a different time, quite literally, right? So being uh, 57 to 75 currently means that their parents, their parents were born in 1916 to 1934-ish, if we're going off of a range, okay? 1916 to 1934, okay? And World War II, by the way, was 1939 to 1945, okay? So let me tell you this. The World War would be right before the boomers were born, which makes sense, right? That's why they're called baby boomers. After World War II, everybody came home. Everybody loved each other. Everybody was so grateful for life, right? So they all started popping out babies. So that's what caused the baby boomer boom, I guess. I don't know what to say. All right. So the correlation I wanted to make was just again to remember there's 69 million baby boomers and their parents would have been born in 1916 and 1934. The reason that's important is because if you can think about what you know, and it might be limited in terms of the history of the United States, but what was the mentality in that time frame at the turn of the century in 1916 to 1934? 
Okay, so obviously, roughly 100 years ago, roughly 100 years ago, I can't say that I know off the top of my head what people's thought processes were, but I can guarantee that their thoughts about religion, their thoughts about medicine, their thoughts about intelligence was different, especially as we just discussed that over the last 100 years, the human IQ has only raised uh, in that time frame, which makes perfect sense because we've been learning like crazy. We've been recording things that we have learned like crazy. We have, um, you know, mass data accessibility we have free knowledge of you know it's just crazy crazy cool what we can learn uh, on our own these days and so that's that's the explanation to why we have become more intelligent but back then a hundred years ago so people didn't have as much access to free and well i will just say free 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 knowledge i guess right so not only did things have to come through storytelling as well as books and things like that but the thought process. So, like I said, you you don't have to be a history buff to, to recognize this, but I, I mean, like I like to use this show. The High, I think it's called Highlander. I think it's called Highlander. It's the the schoolish one where the girl goes back in time and then she falls in love with that redheaded dude. All right, it's such a prominent comparison for me because the show is so incredibly violent. The show is so violent. The show is so raw and violent. And when I'm watching it, it's like, oh my gosh, like, yes, this is for entertainment, but who's to say that any of this is exaggerated? Like the things that we've heard and even the things that we have seen, whatever, okay, like it's just, things were graphic back then, you know, things were more primitive, I guess would be a good way to use it. So so you want to think about people who were raised as baby boomers, the mentality that their caregivers or the mentality of their mothers, teachers, pastors, anybody of influence, politicians at that time, they would have had a different thought process than people who were born today. It's not that anything was wrong with them as a collective person or thought process, I guess, right? It's just, it was the way that it was. And 100 years before that, it was more primitive. And 100 years before that, it was more primitive. So it's just, again, the natural progression. Uh, and 100 years from now, hopefully our children will be, yeah, obviously they'll be less primitive, but hopefully they'll, they'll be more intuitive and they'll be uh, more intelligent, just like we have become. And they'll be more informed and they'll be more empowered and so on and so forth. Hopefully it's a natural progression of humans, right? So anyway, my point is, is that for baby boomers, you know, <clears throat> they had a different mentality. You know, there was a lot of fear. You just came out of World War II. Hopefully there was a lot of gratitude, but there was a lot of different values and th thoughts and uh, views about the world that Generation X and Millennials and Gen Zers will never have. Well, I mean, we kind of do, but it's a different story. Anyways, my point is, so baby boomers, uh, largest, 69 million, right? They got 69 million of them. But then as the next generation of wave comes in, it's Generation X. So Generation X is between baby boomers and millennials. And Generation X, you'd be born from 1965 to 1980, okay? So age ranges typically between 41 and 56, right? Okay? So their parents would be whom? Boomers, right? They'd be boomers. So... 65 million Gen Xers, all right? So just to recap those numbers, there's 69 million baby boomers, there's 65 million Gen Xers, and then there's 72 million millennials, okay? So again, millennials top the charts. And one thing I just want to say is because you would think theoretically that baby boomers are uh, the parents of Gen Xers, right? Gen Xers are the parents of millennials. But it's really, in my opinion, is probably bloomer or bloomers. It's probably it's probably a blend, right? Millennials, I think, have parents who are blended as late bloomers and Gen Xers. Okay, and this makes sense because so here's what you want to think about. If boomers were raised in Gen Xers and Gen Xers not only are going to have muddied ideas from 
thoughts, ideas, and values from 1916 to 1934, right? Because they they their grandparents came from that time. So they might not have direct, direct thoughts and values from 1916 to 1934, but they have influenced thoughts from their parents of the baby boomers into the Gen Xers. So Gen Xers, uh, they, they're an incredibly interesting age range because they're very much a tipping point between where we came out of a war to a, a much more compassionate worldview, you know, when health and humanities became more of a focus and the amount of time and money that people were giving back to other people was greater than it's ever been. And transparency and emotion and humans was growing ev- ever ever expansively, okay? So Gen Xers are an incredibly special group of people, but they're also the smallest the the, the the smallest minority of representation in, in in the United States at the moment. So, uh, you know, they they have great thoughts and values, of course. But if they're trying to make any kind of change happen, but they're trying to fight against sixty nine million baby boomers or seventy two million millennials, I don't I don't I mean I'm not a, I'm not a Gen Xer, so I can't really speak to that. We could ask my husband, but he would not contribute to this conversation. I guarantee you. So anyway, um, the reason this is important. So then Gen Xers and Gen Xers alone, as well as Gen Xers with late boomers start having millennials right now millennials we are going to i don't know if i said this earlier so i'll just say we age from 25 to 40 that's our age range 1981 to 1996 again 25 to 40 so millennials you know we had kind of a rough upbringing because there was this mentality about being participation children and you know getting ribbons and awards for everything and you know there was such a clash and culture about how we were being raised or how we were coming up and it's not it's not really unclear why now that we're having this conversation right if boomers are judging gen xers for raising the children the way that they did not really recognizing that there's two two generations apart well part of that's going to be also life expectancy keep in keep in mind right because i don't i don't know i don't have a chart in front of me but when if you were a baby boomer there was a chance that you might not have had your grandparents in your life for a very long period of time because the life expectancy would have been much lower at that time right than it is for baby boomers and then it well, it will be for Gen Xers as well. So you don't have, I mean, like when I was a kid, I'm, I'm very fortunate that most of my, I have one grandparent who's passed away and all the rest of my grandparents are still present in my life. So, you know, the direct blending of those thoughts and values weren't as visible, meaning like baby boomers have a place to say, hey, yo, we're still here and that's not how we did things. And anybody prior to that might not have been present to go, I dis- I disagree with that. I don't think that's okay. That's not how we did it, blah, 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 blah. And of course, you've got things that you can reference in terms of like books and movies and music and things like that but this is more of a direct correlation because you're present on this this planet earth okay so that was just a squirrel moment but my point is more um this conversation about millennials right we're emotional we're um we don't we have low work ethic because we don't stay at a job you know like these are the things that we i i mean i can speak from personal experience i don't know if you can feel that way is that this is how it, f- it feels like we are being told that we act or this is what we're thinking and i won't disagree that i don't feel like i fit into a nine to five but it's not a matter of not wanting to do the best at my job but it's that i'm motivated by different factors and that seems to be a, a reoccurring trend between boomers as well as millennials you know baby boomers were very much coached to you stay at a job you get a pension you know you you 
it's brand loyalty basically and millennials not only do we not feel that we we don't see it so I, I think that's part of it but it's more of a we can do a great job wherever we go but we also have a lot to contribute to so many different things so it, it makes sense that as we're progressing in intellect we're progressing in empathy right because we are we notice that it's important to be a good human being it's, it's important to put yourself in somebody else's shoes it's important to do the right thing at all times and not just when it it counts because somebody's watching, okay? And so the reason I say that to you is because if you're somebody who in this moment, you do have low-level feelings, depression, anxiety, and you're feeling out of place, like your time is coming, all right? So all of the rambling that I just spent 27 minutes talking about, like the history of boomers and all the statistics and things like that, it's important, okay? Because if you don't feel like you align with any of those thoughts and values that we were talking about, working a nine-to-five, not getting time off, not getting paid your worth or whatever, those are just, you know, I, I didn't even go into that rabbit hole, right? But that that time is about to retire. There's going to be a massive shift in the way that people do business. There's going to be a massive shift in the way people conduct with money. Um, it's just it's going to happen because with it, it, it happens all the time. Like this isn't anything to be scared about. Like it's just the natural progression of all the things. Okay. But when baby boomers start to retire by 2025, they will be pretty much all retired. And for those you know who don't want to work, I guess. But they're already retiring, and so the Gen Xers are going to start to be retiring and they already are uh, and so what does that leave you know that leaves an old mentality of the workforce that leaves an old mentality of doing business and that leads in for generation x to kind of you know as before they retire to become the mentors and become like the anybody i don't know what you want to say like the influences of hopefully boards of prestigious companies and philanthropy and so on and so forth i hope i said that word right but then millennials are right on the the, the tail end of that Okay, they're going to start becoming, well, we are in our 30s, so we're going to start becoming 40s and 50s where you become like politicians and that, you know, you don't have to wait till your 40s and 50s to do that, right? But you also become boards and executives, you become CEOs and CFOs because it's just naturally your time. But you have such an ability of shifting the focus and culture of your work and because it's going to be happening on a corporate level with these softer hearted more empathetic loyal human beings to the greater cause of looking at the person and not like the number or what they can produce that's going to shift everything so not only will that happen in a corporate standpoint for those of you that are like i don't even want to work for somebody else and you better get ready you better get ready because that's exactly what people are searching for. How many of you know somebody in therapy? How many of you know somebody searching for a life coach? How many of you know somebody who does health and wellness um, as a hobby or as a job? How many of you know anybody who's interested in fasting? How many of you are interested yourself in cooking better for your your family? How many of you are looking at growing your own fruits and vegetables? How many of you have chickens? How many of you want to live on a commune? How many of you want to get out of the city? How many of you, like, it's not that the entire population is doing these things but how many of you have greater desires that you're like that sounds good right so that's if, if that's you and that's majority of millennials that is also 72 million of us and we are about to become the adults I mean we are adults but we are about to become the influential adults of the time we already are okay but you you see where I'm saying in terms of progression so then give yourself grace and be incredibly patient because your time is coming you're 
late 20s, early 30s have been a cluster because you've been trying to navigate and learn how to basically parent yourself. You came from generations that had broken homes. You came from generations where, um, you know, laying hands on children was still a very prominent way to raise kids. You came from homes where segregation and thoughts about people who were different colors and creeds and um, religions and different sex identity, I was going to say like sexual identity as well as sexual preference, that that all made a difference. That all mattered back then. And it doesn't anymore. And so you're unlearning all of the things that don't fit with who you are today. And it's painful and it's exhausting. And it just doesn't, you're, you're questioning why, like, why don't I feel like I fit in? It's not that you don't fit in. It's just that your time is coming. It means that you're the energy of the earth. If you want to get woohoo-y is lining up with the energy of the human collective consciousness. Okay, that was really woo but it's true, okay? And on a spiritual side of this, by the way, I was just talking to a, um, um, what am I, whatchamacallit, my coaching clients about this the other day. So if you want to get really woo with it, here's what you want to kind of look at it as, is that for years, the divine feminine has been placed under a foot okay the divine masculine so there's two different sides there's two different energies to people right and um there's the divine feminine there's divine masculine okay and so people often think about these as two different bodies so you think about women and men but it's really two different energies and they exist in both of us or they both exist in us (laughs) Uh, and that might sound woohoo or silly but think about it right because we all have feminine traits we all have masculine traits and that's just what we deem as those traits so People who tend to be comforting and nurturing, that tends to be a feminine trait, right? If you're strong, that tends to be a masculine trait. So I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that this is what people say. So both energies exist in people. And obviously, one of them tends to be more prominent than the other. If you identify as masculine, then you're going to have more masculine traits. And it's not that you're fe- it's not that you're a woman. It's not that you're a man. It's not that you have a vulva or a penis. Uh, that's just how you identify. And so for, for the, the better part of how God knows how long, the divine masculine has been very prominent on planet earth i don't think that's arguable right because we had men in power we had men in politics we had men uh in business right like men in science even we had men that were really they were really running the forefront of the world and part of this is actually because of world war ii Ironically, because of World War II, because when there was so many men out fighting in the war, women were, I don't know if they were forced, but I'm just going to say that's what it was. They were forced to to, to go into the work uh, field force, okay? Not only because they needed to keep the economy going, but because a lot of them had children and families to provide for. So they did what they needed to do. They did what they needed to do. In addition to that, by the way, I just want to make a mention that 350 thousand american women by the way served in world war ii so it wasn't just back home they were doing their duty just about everywhere okay so upon the completion of world war ii that ended in 1945 women were forced out of their jobs a lot of them were they wanted to stay in the workforce they wanted to keep doing what they were doing unfortunately they did not really get that respect that they deserved at that time they just didn't they were forced to go back home to being wives uh, and home homemakers and of course some of them i'm sure did want to do that but others wanted to stay in the workforce and so this is where this uh massive shift starts changing right women start fighting for equal rights which um extends into equal human rights in general as as we progress right but that's where it starts happening you start seeing 
more of the divine feminine coming into the general population. The divine feminine was not now limited to only raising children, which is what a feminine quote unquote role to most people. Okay. So the divine feminine starts coming into the workplace, which we start demanding no sexual harassment. We demand equal pay. We demand all these things that are just should be common knowledge. But when, all it was was men operating all by themselves. They didn't know any better. We hope that they didn't know any better. And here we are, right? We're still fighting for those things today. But it's just, again, a, it's a point about how the divine feminine started to seep more into mass consciousness and not just at home baking cakes and raising children. So over the last couple of years, of course, you start seeing women in more roles. You see women in roles that you probably would have never expected to see women in those roles. And as women see themselves in those roles, as they're reading it and watching about it and seeing it in movies, music and television, right, it starts to influence women that they can really do these things. And we, I, I, see, I see a female doctor, so why couldn't I be a female surgeon? I see a female surgeon, so why couldn't I be a female astronaut? I see a female astronaut, why couldn't I be a female president? And this is the same. It's also true of people of color, by the way. That's the same we're doing we should be doing uh for people of any minority by the way is helping them see themselves in empowering roles and roles of influence and roles that are being taken very seriously as contributing to the group consciousness oh my god do you see how this is all connected oh my gosh okay i hope that you're still with me i know that this is definitely a ramble but again it's to bring relief because so where do we look Less than 10 years from now, it's 2021. And as millennials start to become the adults, okay? So like I was saying earlier, we thought we were adults, but we were, you know, uh, definitely not emotionally adults because we just didn't have the capacity to do that. We were raised by hurt children, okay? And we became hurt children raising hurt children. But there's so many people who are waking up. There's so many people who are doing the work. And not just millennials. There are Gen Xers. There are baby boomers uh, that are, you know, Figuring out that it's never too late is what I want to say. And as I mentioned before, I just want to reiterate that this is not to say that all uh, baby boomers are pissants and that all Gen Xers are whatever there might have been an interpretation about. There are great people in all groups. You know, my mother-in-law is a baby boomer and she is one of the sweetest, sweetest, sweetest people um, I've ever met. And she's one of my largest spiritual influences. So it's not everybody. And I, I just want to make sure that I clear that up. But again, when... I, she, I'm, I could guarantee you would speak. She was just telling me last night, actually, you know, she's a minority thought process and in her world, you know, it's just, it's just that way. So anyways, as we become the mass, as we become the most influential, as we become the loudest voice, as we become the, the, I don't want to say with the, um, the generation with power, but it will be majority of us. Things are going to shift and things are going to change. It won't be perfect and it's not going to happen only in our generation, but we definitely want to just give ourselves so much grace about what's to come. And so if you're somebody that you're feeling maybe like you're out of place at your nine to five, now is a great time to start doing some personal development. I'm not telling you to quit your job. Um, I am telling you, though, to do the work on yourself, do the emotional searching on is this where you want to be when it's your time to do whatever you want, which should be today, but maybe you're not ready. If you're planting the seeds of progression now, then when the culture shifts to be more accepting and more loving of 
all things, not just like the way we we handle money um, and so on and so forth, you'll feel more supported by the general masses to really discover what you want to do. And that's already happening. You know, it used to be that we used to poke fun at people who were going through a quarter life crisis or a midlife crisis and bought the sports car. But now it's that we look at that person as somebody who is breaking through some emotional trauma and maybe potentially healing, healing some PTSD and then maybe also going out and doing really great things with that and sharing their story with somebody else who could then replicate that success. And that's what's on the rise is that people are talking more and more about how to heal. People are talking more and more about how to grow. People are talking more and more about how to affect others with positive change more now than we ever have before, right? It's, it's less about consumption and uh, recognition and more wealth and more wealth and more wealth. And it's more about how can we, how can we really help locally? We're, we're really scaling back from the slingshot we had in consumerism and, um, I don't even know. Recognition, I want to say like, you know, celebrity, I guess is maybe where I was going with that. At least I can say that for myself. Uh, And we're starting to dial back. You see that more people are, you know, wanting, like I said earlier, like wanting to grow their own food and um, cleanse out toxins in their lives and so on and so forth. And it's not just about for ourselves, it's for our community and for our planet. So it really is full circle. It really is full circle. And, um, you know, again, I think that part of this is being people of a generation where we are, if you want, I I say, if you want to consider what people say, like we tend to be the sensitive uh, generation, I feel like we're the empathetic generation. I feel like our parents were doing a great job at trying to raise us with awareness of treating people equally. And it's hard because they wanted to, they wanted to teach us to have that ideal, but the collective group consciousness might not have agreed. Like we, we had the value of treating people equally, but actions on the outside weren't matching that. And it's nobody's fault. It's because, again, we can speak and say what we want, but actions are driven by our program, right? So we might, it doesn't matter. I don't want to go into a rat hole or a, a, some kind of hole, whatever that is about that. But that's my point is that, we're doing the best we can with what we have. So, you know, if you find yourself snapping at your children and you're like, why did I do that? It's okay to apologize. It's okay to recognize that maybe that's your program from what your parents told you or did to you, by the way. Okay. It's not necessarily that they told you, right? Um, if you find that somebody like, let me, I just want to use parenting as an example, because I think this is the easiest way to do it. Right. Is that like, I can, I can look back and, say that one of the most painful things for me as a kid was that my I would say something to my dad and my dad would not respond and I would be devastated because I'd be the only person in the room and now I can say that with children I have done that to my kids okay sometimes it's because yeah their story story is so boring that I don't even whatever okay uh but it still deserves it warrants a response oh yeah that was interesting for you right like never if they're telling you something it's because they're they're very interested and excited about it never ignore them Never ignore them. And I can't say that I get it right every time, but it's it's a subconscious parenting programming, right? I don't want to do that to my kids, but my dad did it to me. And my dad was the person I admired the most in my life. So when I was that age, I learned how to be a parent. I learned that when you love people, you ignore them. That's a shitty lesson to learn, right? That's what I learned. So I'm unlearning that now as, as I'm being a parent, uh, you know, in that moment, sometimes it's still cringeworthy. Like sometimes I will have to fight and like open your mouth and say something because your kids say something to you. But then subconsciously the ego mind goes, but that was a stupid story. Don't validate their story by, you know, saying something because then they'll just tell you another stupid story again. And it's gross and it's disgusting, but that's my human vulnerability and that's my parenting uh, telling 
telling story, I guess, right now. That's my parent parent story telling right there. I don't know what I was trying to say, but you can't do it all overnight. And that's just one example of my ghost in my closet, I suppose you would say. So give yourself grace in recognizing that when you do something and it doesn't feel right, it's totally a internal reminder of, hey, that doesn't line up with who we say we want to be. And the first step, of course, is to just be in the moment and recognize it. You're not allowed to judge yourself. You're just allowed to recognize it because prior to that, you weren't even doing that. You would just roll in your autopilot behavior. For example, my kid would say something, I would ignore him, and I would just move on, right? That, that was my autopilot. Where I'm at right now is phase two. I hear my kid say something. I don't say anything to him. I hate myself on the inside for not saying anything. But at the same time, I'm torn by the fact that I think that that's how I'm supposed to be as a parent because that's what my dad did to me. But right now, that's what I'm doing. And actually, I'm still in phase 1.5 because I still judge myself because I feel like a piece of crap for not responding, right? Once I can get past the judging of myself and just do the recognition, that's what's hard about this part, right? Listen to me. Listen to me when I tell you this, right? Because most people would give up right now. Because it makes me feel cringeworthy to analyze my behavior about how I'm being as a parent. So it'd be easier for me to just not answer and go back to not thinking about not answering, right? That would be my autopilot. That would be the, the, the negative step when I'm be, still be asleep. So right now I'm already farther than some people will ever get. Judging's not the place I want to be, but it's still one step further because at least I'm listening to my internal dialogue as a parent. The next step will be having my kid tell me the story, not being interested in not saying anything, and not judging myself for not saying anything. I'll have to live out there for a while because that'll be a new habit I'll have to do, right? Because I'll have to make sure that I'm still listening to myself instead of just letting the autopilot behavior run. And when I can live in that space for a while of hearing the story, not responding, but not judging myself, I'll almost be ready for the final step, which is to hear the story from my kid and actually friggin' respond. All right, so... That long drawn out discussion right there about how to change my parenting is what you'll do for every quote unquote bad habit in your life. Anything that makes you feel uneasy, anything that doesn't connect with you really well, that's what you're trying to do. And when we're all doing that actively, which is what millennials are working their butts off right now to work towards, I'm telling you, more millennials than any other group, I guarantee you. But Gen Xers are doing a great job, baby boomers, and oh my gosh, and Gen Z you are going to have to, by the way, as well. I mean, nobody's off the hook. We all have to heal from our own trauma and recognize that our parents, teachers, pastors, people of influence did the best they could with what they had at each and every given moment. So that's how you redo any bad habit. And when the group, the collective group, when 72 million people, not all of us are doing it, but a lot of us are, when all of us, I'm just going to say that though, when all of us are working towards a better feeling, when we're trying not to overthink about a future we can't prepare for and we don't have the answers yet, when we can really focus on this moment now, when I can take a couple of breaths and realize that my podcast means something to me because I'm able to get my ADHD thoughts out. And when I can recognize that people are listening, some people are listening and it's not a huge audience, but I don't want a huge audience because a huge audience means more people to have to follow up with. And don't get me wrong. I mean, you guys know I love you, but I love having a smaller group. If I had... Uh, if my group was even double the size that I, 222, two, two, sorry, it's 222 where I'm filming right now. Uh, if my group was even double, my, if my client base was even double the size right now in this moment of my life, I would be dropping the ball for people. I wouldn't have enough time to respond. I, I would feel overwhelmed by the amount of orders. So it's not to be ungrateful for the group that I have. I'm so grateful for this size. And maybe once Livy's in school, I'll be ready for double the client size, right? So it's being okay with where you are and recognizing that, you know, I could totally shift that perspective 
even be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe after all these years I don't have more people following me. I don't have more people listening to me. You know, that's fear and scarcity. That's fear and scarcity. I can be so unbelievably grateful for the amount of people who listen to this podcast because that's, I mean, how many people am I reaching, right? I mean, that's more people in a, if you, if you have those people in a room listening to a podcast, it's more than nobody if I'm just listening to myself to say these things, I guess. So anyways, that's that. That's the whole thing you do. When the group collectiveness is choosing better thoughts when the group collectiveness is letting themselves off the hook and being present for this moment me filming this podcast is that squirrel moment I was going with whatever your moment is if your children are right in front of you smile at them if your children are outside playing be grateful that it's great weather that they can if you are sitting in a room with no heat and no air be so grateful for the weather right now because it's perfect Nebraska temperature which is incredibly rare if you have a view outside your window look at the trees and how amazing and naked they are and they're about to start blooming it's a the sky is blue and there's a little bit of cloud in the sky what do you see right be grateful for this moment and when you can do that you can detach from all of that stress and anxiety of the future planning that your brain is trying to get you to do it was wasn't it that's all right mine does that too right but when we're more present now then we can take a breather basically to then plan for our future when necessary when necessary it's not out of survival it's not out of survival okay just when necessary that's the better feeling. So when 72 million of us are working towards that, it will be a different world. And so when I tell you that your time is coming, it is coming. And so if you're feeling a stress, anxiety, low depression, whatever, uh, low level feelings, then again, you know, the things we've talked about, find some personal development books, pick them up, make sure you're doing some action steps out of them. Get with a life coach, make sure to reach out to me if you're interested in the empowerment classes. You know, find an accountability buddy, not somebody who is slacking. You need somebody who's going to help you rise above where you are, not to keep you at the same level or to even pull you down. You need to upgrade your group and it's not to say that you ditch your friends you don't have to ditch your friends you just find other like-minded individuals you get into a book club get into um well a coaching community you know that'd be the same thing as i was talking about getting with a coach go to a, a, a parent a teacher a pastor uh somebody you know of spiritual influence that can help to find some suggestions that would work for you in terms of grounding as well as growing because both are incredibly important for sure so there's lots of things that you can do to take steps. And that's the only other thing I want to say about this, right? In terms of helping other people, right? Whatever you're out there doing in terms of service for, I mean, because that's what we need to talk about, right? Is income. Right now, our current reality is, is that we exchange money for services, you know, whether that's an actual product or a service. That's where we're at at this moment. So you need to make sure that, um, <laughs> that's left. That's a lot of squirrel moment because I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know where I was going with that, you guys. Uh, I don't know. <sighs> That's how I'm going to end the podcast, I think, because I just don't even know. I don't even know. Just make sure that you're doing you, okay? Uh, personal development. Um, podcast ending, though. No, that's right. If you, by chance, find yourself in a corporate position, I want to make sure that you hear my heart when I say that there's nothing wrong with a corporate job. I think that a lot of people do well with security. Maybe, um, you know, you really love what you do. That's the number one thing to say, of course. And your your particular thing gives you growth and contribution in your world, and that's great. Just make sure that your thing that gives you growth and contribution pays you well. Make sure that it provides the lifestyle for you that you really want in terms of time off and time freedom flexibility, as well as um, at least hopefully paid time off and so on and so forth. But feeling appreciated. But again, that's where corporate America is going to be shifting, I think, because there'll be more people 
and in those positions of power to be able to provide that for their employees. But if you are somebody that you're like, I kind of struggle with the, the corporate stuff, I'm not sure if I, this is really where I want to be. These are okay times to ask those questions, you know, because you have the ability right now to put focus into whatever it is that it's going to be, whether it becomes a hobby, whether it becomes a hustle, whether it becomes a full-time thing, you know, this is the time to really start researching that because you have the, the flexibility of doing both. Doing both and making sure that whatever it is that you do brings you so much fulfillment that you never feel like you're working a day in your life. I'm telling you, it's possible. It's possible for everybody. I feel like the squirrel moment was coming back to me, but I'm, I'm wrapping it up because I'm fried. I'm fried at this point. I feel like I gave my all on this huge, like, I went to from letter A to letter C to letter K to letter Z. I don't even know. But thank you so much for tuning into it. Okay. So if you got some value from this podcast today, as much as it was crazy and weird, um, the, the largest takeaway, of course, is just to hang in there and keep doing your energy work, keep doing your belief work, keep doing your shadow work, whatever it is that you call it. Keep striving to journal and meditate and do some breathing exercises because it all matters and it all counts. It all makes a huge difference. And, um, Lastly, just to get in touch, of course, if like I had mentioned before, if you're looking for a boudoir photographer, Jess Anderson McGovern is going to be a great person to do that with. And if you're looking for doing some personal growth, I'm the chick you want to reach out to. I have had some requests uh, while Jess is on maternity leave. If anybody, no, I haven't, well, let me reset my else. I've had some requests to do some guest podcasts again, and I am 1000% open to it. Um, you know, I like to, to get some stuff out from time to time, but I definitely like sharing other people's stories. I don't think that mine is the only important story out there to say the least so if you find that you have something that you would like to contribute if you have a unique uh, version of your life everybody does I don't know why I said it like that but maybe you've got some skill set that you want to contribute maybe you want to now just have a conversation one of the ladies uh the well, those two Diana and Kayla we were talking about doing a podcast together about some small town wife life um, mom life in general so yeah I'm looking for you if you've got something you want to talk about if you've got a really unique experience if you've got something that you feel like would contribute to the Good Girls Guide podcast, definitely make sure to reach out to me. You can find me on Facebook. That's the easiest way to message me. You can also email me at a goodgirlsguide2 at gmail.com and we can set that up. Or maybe you know somebody that would be great for the podcast as a special guest as well. I'll take it for sure. All right, y'all. So I do want to thank you so much for being here today. Um, what I was saying earlier is if you got some value from this, please make sure to share the podcast. You can share it uh, via Facebook Messenger, text. You can do whatever. It's available for free for people to listen to, which is always nice to, you know, to develop for free 99 Oh, yeah. Forever and ever ago, I keep forgetting. I said I was going to bring this on, and I totally forgot. Uh, if you guys are looking for a free place to hang out as a group for people online with personal development, uh, every Tuesday night at 8 to 9 Central Time, we do have a personal development group. It's so amazing. Uh, it is ladies who are into holistic health and wellness. We talk from week to week. Stories... Um, Stories will differ between personal development, between money, between wealth, between energy, between CBD and the industry and so on and so forth. It is 100% free to be a part of it. We totally, totally would love for you to join us via Zoom. We also do have the Facebook group option where you can just like watch as a fly if you want to. Uh, so if you don't have um, Facebook, it's a reoccurring weekly meeting. So you can totally get the hookup on Zoom and be a part of that too. You don't have to turn your video on. We would love it if you did. Uh, but it's a really great group. So come and be a fly on the wall in the House of Empowerment if you want to see what that's all about or just message me and I'll get you the hookup for that too. 
We're always looking for people to uh, actually share in that group as well. So if you aren't sure about doing a podcast, but you're ready to try it out on a Zoom or a Facebook Live, let me know because we're ready to get your story told. And that's one of the most beautiful things about my platform. I feel like law of reciprocity. So however you and I connect and however we vibe off of each other, whatever you go out and do big in your world, that's it. You've paid me. Okay. All right. Fantastic. So that's all I've got for you guys. Don't forget you can find me over on the book of face at a good girl's guide too. And you can also be a part of my 18 years or older in a feminine energy VIP page. It's so much fun. Uh, Instagram and also on the TikTok at a good girl's guide too, where you'll find me right here on this podcast on anchor. So thank you so much for tuning in. You guys, I know I think I said that like 10 minutes ago, but you know how crazy I am about you. You validate everything that I do. You help me grow each and every day as a mother, as a parent, as a wife, as an entrepreneur, as an intimacy coach, to say the least. Uh, and as I continue to grow and I, I thank you so much for letting me share my journey with you. I hope it only inspires you to go out and find what your blueprint is for your path of growth and development and stay tuned for next week. Whatever we talk about, I don't know what it's going to be, but you mean the world to me. Stay happy, stay healthy and wash your hands. Bye-bye.